Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. On a recent episode of the Electronic Cottage, we tried to think about what we would do if we were charged with coming up with tech tools that could help us to somehow put a lid on the COVID-19 crisis. We asked two key questions about such possible tools. What are they supposed to accomplish and do they work? Using those two questions, we looked at a few tech tools that have been suggested as possible tools to help overcome the crisis, and upon closer inspection, we found they really weren't that useful. One potential tech tool that is receiving a lot of attention these days is a type of application that could keep track of people that we came within six feet or so of during the past two weeks. If we found out we had contracted COVID-19, those folks could be warned. Conversely, if someone who we may have come in contact with while the other person was potentially infected, we could be notified so that we could be tested, which is still largely a good luck proposition at this point in time, but at least we could self-quarantine for two weeks. This type of application essentially does what human social contact trackers do, sort of. Social contact tracking is really important in trying to slow the community transmission of this very nasty virus. It's currently done, when it's done at all, by trained human beings. Unfortunately, we're way short of the number of trained people needed to do that kind of work across the country. Some estimates are that we're short, oh, a good 300,000 human contact trackers. However, some folks have noticed that the majority of Americans have cell phones, and the majority of those with cell phones have smartphones. Smartphones can run apps, track the cell phones, and thus the user's location, and can sense if there are other cell phones in the immediate area if the cell phones have their Bluetooth transmitters and receivers turned on. With the right software, so goes the theory, a person's smartphone could keep a record of what other smartphones came within a short distance of a person's cell phone. Hence, if we, or if someone else we come in contact with over the past two weeks came down with COVID-19, everyone involved could be alerted about the infection risk and could take appropriate action. Interesting idea. Let's look at the idea of COVID-19 tracking capability using smartphones by asking the two basic questions. What is the tool supposed to do? And will it work to accomplish what it's supposed to do? A lot of big organizations are working on such apps these days, including national governments from Singapore to Iceland, based on a kind of voluntary use of such an app. And of course, governments like China and Russia and India, where individual usage choice is not on the menu. But perhaps the biggest outfits working on this kind of app aren't governments at all, at least not officially. Apple and Google, the two biggest controllers of smartphones in the world through the iOS operating system for iPhones and the Android operating system for pretty near all the other smartphones, have joined forces to design a way for COVID tracking to take place on their respective systems. Neither company is actually making a smartphone app they're just putting a common underlying framework in place so that others can do so. So what is such a tool supposed to do and how is it supposed to do it? 
There's general agreement among all the various universities, state governments, national governments, health service organizations, and private companies working on the problem that such a smartphone app should make it possible for the owner of a smartphone to download an app that will keep track of other smartphones that come into close physical proximity for a certain period of time. After that general agreement, however, there are a number of differing opinions about what comes next. For example, who should be keeping track of all that data? Some governments, such as those in France and Iceland and Great Britain, feel that the contact information should be kept in a central database managed by, in the case of England, the National Health Service, or in the case of France, some not yet quite specified government agency. In the United States, some states, such as North Dakota, share that approach. Other countries which have a recent tradition of strongly protecting privacy, such as Germany, don't think it's a good idea to have such a centralized database. Those governments or organizations believe that data about such contacts should just be stored on an individual person's phone. The advantage of a centralized database, its supporters say, is that health authorities would have access to that data, and if a person tested positive for COVID-19, the health authorities would be able to contact anyone's phone that was within contact range of that person and send a health warning almost immediately. A distributed system in which the contact information is only stored on individual phones necessarily would rely on an individual who tests positive for the virus to send a warning message to all the other phones that are stored in the infected person's cell phone memory. But what if the person who tests positive chooses not to do so, or delays sending the message for a couple of days, or can't figure out how to send a message or just forgets? Then, say the proponents of a centralized database, the application is useless. That might be possibly true in a few cases, say the distributed storage proponents, but a centralized database becomes a very tempting target for hackers, and we all know that a 100% secure database simply does not exist. And the prospect of government authorities using such tracking capability for purposes other than trying to smother COVID-19 transmission will be very tempting for governments to use for all sorts of non-health-related purposes especially in governments with what we might call authoritarian tendencies. So, there is agreement on the basic function of what a smartphone disease tracking app should do, but not so much on how it should actually work. And in either case, would such an app, or a variety of apps with different data storage approaches, actually be effective at tracking and limiting the spread of COVID-19? Good question one that we'll take up right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.